0: Awesome stuff. Thank you guys. Um, so uh, we are busy with a series called the Nehemiah series, and I don't know who of you um, have been listening to the series, but it's been really for me personally, just that besides being an elder, but just being a son of God, it's really been a series that has a, um, challenged some of the ideas that I've held on to for a very long time. Um, and it's been quite interesting to really open up my heart and to say, God, would you come and just align and shift um, whatever you'd want to come and shift? Um, and I think it's a such a helpful thing for all of us to do that as we approach the Word of God, because I think as I look at what I'm going to speak about tonight is there's nothing new in a sense that you're going to hear. But the thing that's going to make a difference tonight is... If every one of us open up our hearts and we say, God, would you come and have your way in our lives? Would you come and be king and be Lord in our lives? And we are ready to go wherever you would want us to go, uh, wherever you would challenge uh, for us to go this evening. So I really pray that as I just present this word, that there'll just be an openness in your heart to move, you know, to surrender, to yield, and to do whatever it is uh, that the Holy Spirit might prompt you to, uh, to do tonight. So the first week Leonard spoke, uh, spoke about Babylon to Jerusalem and with this he shared an idea with us that God is actually calling us to forsake the world and to leave the things of the world uh, to, be, uh, to be able to build his church. That God in this season as a church is actually calling us to say would you leave anything behind that might maybe stand in the way of you not sacrificing and laying down your life the way that you should. And then last week he looked at Jerusalem needs work. Um, and I think with this is, it's so interesting to see that we can look at the church and we can see if all the work that is needed, uh, but I love what Leonard shared with us last week. You know, he said something you know, to, the, to the effect of, it's another thing to look in and to criticize the church, but it is, it, it is a way different thing to say, God wants to use me as part of the solution of the church that needs work and what i'll look at uh, tonight just as we go into the third week of this series is the title of my preach is um is actually i don't know if we if we have it there but it's building in front of your house so building in front of your house and uh while I was busy preparing this piece this week, my wife kept on saying, I don't understand, like, what does the title of your message even mean? Building in front of your own house. And just to maybe do a, a recap of what we're busy doing is, in Jeremiah, we see a man who was in his job, um, and he was a, a, a car bearer for the king. He had a very important job. And then we see how his brothers come to him and they tell him, Nehemiah, the walls of Jerusalem have fallen, and we see how this guy actually leaves everything behind after praying and calling upon the name of God after repenting and and saying God I'm ready you know to leave anything behind in order for me to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild so that's what we're looking at and then what we're going to be looking at this week is in the book of Nehemiah 3, I'm not going to go into it, and you will see I'm not going actually going to quote anything from Nehemiah 3, but we see a picture of different people, actually with this wall that needs to be rebuilt, we see different people coming and saying, I will build in front of my house whatever is needed. It doesn't matter how small or how big it is. I'll build a gate, I will build a window, I will build a part of the wall, I will build whatever I have in my hand, I am ready to sacrifice it and to leave it so that the 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 building or the walls uh, may be rebuilt again and I think this is an encouragement to you and I to say it doesn't matter how small or how big what you have is I believe that God is calling each and every single one of us tonight um, to really just surrender our lives to surrender what is in our hands in order for us to rebuild his church so just to take you uh, back on memory lane so we started this uh, congregation in 2020 and when it started, we started with only 40 people who said we are ready to go plant an evening congregation. Those were the Berserkers, and maybe for just a couple of seconds, can I just can I just ask who 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 was part of that 40? I just want to see for interest's sake. Wow, that, that's not a lot of us, eh? It's it's amazing, and some of of those 40 will probably be in the 6 p.m. congregation, but we started with only 40 people who said we will leave anything behind in order for us to just expand uh, the kingdom of God because we realize that the kingdom is advancing and God is calling us to plant a church. So when Leonard said, guys, we need people to go out to plant a church, the 40 said we will go, and most of those 40 were actually worshipers. It was very interesting. It was people that uh, just loved worshiping God, and it was amazing to see how God um, just used them. But there was this, this sense um, that God was doing something new, that God was, there was something rumbling between us. And all of us had an excitement in our heart to say that we want to be part of what God is doing. But what we didn't know is four weeks after we planted the church, COVID hit, So we were forced to close down. We were forced to move everything online. And I remember Leonard, and I was not even an elder at that time, but I remember Leonard and I sitting in his lounge and doing videos. I don't know how many of you guys can remember that, doing videos uh, for comms and doing videos for uh, Sundays. I mean, it was just a wild time as we were just grappling with what is it that God wants us to do um, in this time? How can we lead this church you know, the best way that God has called us to lead it? And then we moved all of our comms online, but God surprised us so much. That everything, I mean, God multiplied and and it moved at such a speed that we actually had to just multiply all of our communities online. So, some of the people that were there didn't even know each other, but they were, or physically know each other, but they were in the same calm. And and it was amazing to see what God was busy doing in that time. But what I loved mostly about the time is there was a sense of God using every individual to build this church. It was a time where everyone said, we will do whatever it requires in the circumstances that we're in to make sure that we're advancing and that we will build what God wants us to build in this time. And uh, so tonight, as as I just go into my preach is, I want to say, first of all, God desires for the church to be built up. And we'll look at a couple of scriptures now in Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 16, so Yoli can just put it uh, so long. But this will give us a glimpse, and I know that Leonard already shared a couple of things with the gospel. He has a dream of how this church needs to look like. And this is actually just piggybacking at what Leonard uh, just shared with us last weekend to say, out of God's perspective, this is actually the church that he would want to see and the church that he wants to build. So in Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 16, it reads as follows. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, in love i mean i know this is a quite a mouthful of a scripture and i would i uh, just uh, uh, encourage you to go just even this week sit with it and just really read god's heart of what he thinks church what this church needs to look like so just to ca- ca- just take a couple of things out of there you know it is god's desires that the church will be built up as i said it is god's desire that this church will be a church that is growing that is a church that is advancing that we won't stand still Um, It is his desire that we are united in our faith, actually, that we move in unity as a church. It's his desire that we grow in maturity and stature, that none of us actually stagnates, but we find ourselves at a place where we constantly, spiritually, are growing into him and in maturity in him. That the church would be connected to the head, which is Christ. You know, God wants this church to be connected to Christ. And I think if I can just piggyback on what Leonard said last week, that it's amazing how we can actually build this church without being connected to the head. We can actually put up a nice program and and get a guy that can preach very eloquently than I can and get guys that can lead better worship than Francois can and get guys that can lead a meeting better than Leonard can. We can actually do that. And it will be a sleek service, 30 minutes in and out, and it sounds amazing. You are being entertained and everything. But we are here to connect to the person of Christ. And we want to make sure that we're constantly connected to our head, which is Christ. And out of that, it's His desire that every part will work properly and it will function properly. You know, we normally say that if you are looking for a church where you're going to sit in the pews, you know, not give up yourself or sacrifice in any way, then you probably are in the wrong church. I want to say that again, that if you are here, maybe for the first time visitors, I don't want to scare you away. It's really my heart that God would add you to this church if He wants to add you here. But if you are looking for a church where you can just sit in the chairs and where you can just go about your life the way that you want it on your own terms and condition, I promise you this church is going to be a difficult church for you. Because we believe that God wants to activate each and every single individual to move in the calling that he has called them to do, to sacrifice, to to lay down their gifts in order that this body may be built up. And uh, I don't know about you, but I look at this picture and, and something in me says, man, for the church to look like Christ has called it to look like it needs a lot of work. I get a little bit scared as I was just reading the scripture and saying, God, if this is the church that you want us to be, I, I get scared. I'm like, how is it possible for us to actually live this out? And I truly believe to now that it's only possible when every part of us, every joint, as, as it says there, that is held together is working properly and it's functioning properly. And this leads me into, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, we were still in AM, my, my wife to me, Uh, She kept on having this dream about just her being a bridesmaid to some of the people in church who are getting married. And it was literally four or five times that she had this dream. It kept on coming and coming and coming. And as we were praying and saying, God, what is it that you're actually trying to communicate to us? And I remember just having a sense that actually God has called us to be bridesmaids and to be groomsmen, you know, for His church. And if you think of a role of a, of, of a bridesman of a groomsman, it's a person that makes sure, Arnu, that if you are getting married today, that you are perfect for your bride. You know, if you are a, 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 if you are a bride, Zonaka, it's, it's someone that will make sure that Zonaka looks perfectly on the day that she's getting married. And if you think about it, that's actually the work that Christ has called us to, to be able to shape one another, to form one another, in order for us to look the way that He would want us to to look. And that is uh, sometimes a very different picture of what we think church needs to look like. I love the suspension when I drink water. Just that awkward silence, you know, to just calm myself out. It's amazing. So the second thing that I would like to focus on is Everything that God builds will always require something of us. So if you see at this picture of what we read now in Ephesians 4, whatever God builds that is worthwhile, He will always, always, always want to include us. It will cost you something. I think David already alluded for it in the, in the stewardship teaching that whatever God calls us to, whatever He wants to do on this earth, I promise you today, if you haven't got it yet, it will cost you something. Whether that something will be money, whether it will be comfort, whether it will be time, whether it will be effort, whatever it is, but I promise you, it will always cost you something. And if you look right through the Old Testament until you know the New Testament in the church, you will see that God constantly asks of his people to sacrifice something in order for him to build what he wants to build. And, and I just wanna give you a couple of uh, examples of that. So. I'll, I'm not going to focus on this. I'll go very quickly through it. But in Exodus 25, verse 1 to 3, we look at when the tabernacle uh, was, was to be built. And then he says the following. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution from every man whose heart moves him. You shall receive the contribution for me. And this is the contribution that you shall receive from them gold silver and bronze and then the list goes on and on for about two other verses of what people need to sacrifice in order that the tabernacle will be built so these were for the Israelites it's it's for the people of God in their time where God wanted to build a tabernacle that would represent a place that he would dwell and the place where his presence would be found he said it will cost you something and he gives his word to his people and said would you guys make a contribution to this thing that I want to build the second one is the temple. So it's the tabernacle is the first one. The second one is when the temple was to be built. And maybe just to give a bit of background is David actually was the guy where God came and said, I want to build myself a temple uh, where my people would worship. But God made it very clear that David, you are not going to be the one or the person that builds this temple, but actually your son would be the one that builds his temple. And and David out of that place now, I just love it. He actually sacrifices so much. If you read that scripture fully, you would see he he gives off silver and gold and almost anything that he could give for something that he would never see, something that he would never even have the privilege to worship in, something that he would never know what it looks like to be in it. But he says, I will give off everything and, and I will sacrifice anything in order for this thing to be built. So in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 6 to 7, it says, Then the leaders of fathers' houses made their freewill offerings, as it also the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officers over the king's work. They gave for the service of the house of God. I just love that. They gave of of the service for for the house of God. So once again, the temple needs to be built and it's a massive building. God gave a master plan, an architectural plan of how he wants this place to be designed and obviously, you know, it would cost a lot. It would cost a lot to be able to build this thing and once again, we see here where David said, guys, I've sacrificed what I could would you guys also sacrifice in order for this thing to be built that will last many, many, many generations? I think in the same way that we need to have a mindset to say we will work in this church. We will work in the body of Christ. We will give of ourselves. We will sacrifice even for something that we don't know in two years or three years time or four years time. Where is it going to be? I think some of us are going to be surprised when we come here four years from now and we see who is sitting here and what is busy happening here. I honestly think that we will be surprised, and God is calling us today to give ourselves for that thing. And then lastly, for the church, and in First Corinthians 12, verse 27 to 30, it reads as follows: It says, "Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, and obviously those are just rhetoric questions, but I think we get here a picture of in order for us to build the church of Jesus Christ, it will require different gifts. It will require different people who are wired differently, who are gifted differently to say we will build of this thing. I promise you, if only myself and Leonard and Francois and whoever other of the leaders were the only people that says, you know what God, for you can worship so you'll give yourself in worship or in prayer. Or Francois, you will do the worship and then Leonard, you'll be the one to preaching and everything is just dependent on that. I promise you, we wouldn't have seen what we're seeing today but it's really when all the gifts come together it's when everyone comes together and say we will give of ourselves we will give whatever you know it 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 costs to be able to make this thing work and may I remind you that that if there wasn't a little boy who gave only two fishes and five loaves, then a whole crowd of five thousand wouldn't have been fed they wouldn't have been fed and I know there's some of us who are in here, in this room right now, saying, you know what? What I have in my hand is so insignificant, I don't even think that God is able to use it for His glory. And I want to say that God is able to use it, and He wants to use it. He wants to use it. I mean, imagine if two fishes and five fish could feed 5,000. Imagine what God can do with your gift and your talent and with what He has given in your hand. You know, the wall of Jerusalem, coming back to this Nehemiah thing and the wall being rebuilt, it wouldn't have been rebuilt if different people didn't come and say, you know what, I have a door that I can give. I have a knob. I mean, some of the people literally build knobs. I have a gate that I can give. I have this part of the wall that I can only build. Maybe I can buy a box, in any, you know, for the Afrikaans people among us. You know, I only have so little. I can't give a lot. It's, it's, it's really a little what I have, but I want to say that it, it's when the little things come together that God is actually to do something that far exceeds our expectations and our dreams. So with that, I want to say that God's desire is for every person that is seated here to function properly. God has put a gift. God has put something in you that we need as a body. We will never ever be the same, Michael, without you. We need every single person leaning in and saying, these are my people, I will give of myself and I will rebuild this church as God is calling us to rebuild this church regardless of whatever it may cost me. So I'm gonna say it's not the magnitude of your gift that actually matters. But what actually matters is a willing heart that's open and saying, God, however small it is, I am ready to give it in order for you to use it in whatever way that you want to use it. But I know that as we gather together here that uh, there's actually sometimes hindrances or things that actually keeps us from fully giving of ourselves. And if I just even think of the time of worship right now, I was so aware of the fact that we serve a God where the Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son So that those who might believe in him might not perish but have eternal life. So God is not calling us here to do something that he first didn't do. If it wasn't for God sending his son Jesus Christ to reconcile you and I to himself and also to one another to love one another and serve one another, we wouldn't have been here. You are simply here. You have access to God simply because Jesus gave simply because he laid down his life and he's calling for each and every single one of us to be apprentices and followers of him, to follow his example, to say, whatever it may cost me, if Jesus gave his life, then what is money? Then what are resources? Then what is my car? Then what is my house? Then what is my time? Then what is my effort? Whatever he calls me to give, I am ready to sacrifice it because he gave something far more important than that far more glorious, far more weighty than any money or anything could ever buy. And guys, we need to look at that picture of Jesus and something in us needs to burn. We actually, Leonard shouldn't be encouraging us actually to give ourselves to worship or any other thing in this church. Because when we have a proper revelation of what Jesus has given us, something in us in our hearts should burn and say, we wanna give ourselves to this thing. No one needs to actually encourage us and say, guys, would you, would you do this? Or would you lead worship or would you come to prayer meeting or would you, would you come to come?" No, no, because of the revelation that we have of the person of Jesus on the cross, as the Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross so that you and I may be reconciled to him. And if that's a price that he paid, what are you willing to pay tonight? What are you willing to pay tonight? Is it comfort? Is it money? Is it family? Is it resources? Is it your heart? Whatever it is, what are you willing to give tonight? So I was just reminded of a story that uh, I think will tie in with what I'm going to say now with these hindrances. I'm, I was aware of my own story that there was a time actually where I didn't want anything to do with the church. So I grew up in a family where uh, when I was a teenager, I had a stepfather, and my stepfather was a leader of a very large traditional church in South Africa, one of the leaders. He wasn't the main leader, but one of the leaders. And I remember my, my stepfather, would, he would go to church, and I promise you guys, I'm not trying to make this whatever it's not, but he had so much authority that it felt like people could kiss the ground that he's walking on. That's how much authority that he had in that church. But the thing would come at six o'clock after a Sunday, um, he would come back home, and when he comes home, he would be a totally, totally different person. A monster, if I can put it that way. He would be abusive, not verbally, just physically, everything. And I remember just as a little boy looking at this picture of this guy that just preached a fiery sermon at church where everyone was amening, and everyone was just literally just you know, wanting to sacrifice anything and then he would come home and then he would become a totally different person. And I remember as a little boy saying, if this is what the church of Jesus Christ looks like, if this is what Christianity looks like, then I don't want anything to do with it. And for three years straight, I was so far away from God, I was so far away from the church that I didn't, I don't wanna mention my name alongside a church name, It, it wasn't who I was. But the incredible thing is when I got saved, it's almost like God showed me the other side of actually what this thing needs to look like. Because then I formed part of a church of people who really had an understanding and a revelation of what God's design for the church was. And, And would that, I felt loved, I felt seen, I felt safe within that environment. And that's where I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ because I saw a church that was healthy, that, that, that reflected something of Jesus. And that's where I just said, God, I lay down my life. Would you take my life? Whatever it would cost me, I'm ready to just leave everything behind and follow you fully. And I know for some of us here, you might maybe even relate with my story that there are also hindrances that are keeping you from actually fully giving of yourself to the church of Jesus Christ. One of those hindrances may be, may be a lack of revelation that you, you just haven't grasped yet, the beauty and the glory of, of the bride of Jesus. You haven't grasped yet that one day, guys, we will stand in front of Jesus, and we will walk towards Him, and He will come to us, and we will meet with Him. You know, the Bible, as I say, it starts with the wedding, it will end with the wedding. One day, you and I will be face to face with Him, Man, it will be a glorious, glorious reconciliation, you know, of us. singing Him for who He is, and He obviously sing us for who we are. And it's going to be an amazing, amazing day. And God wants to give us a revelation of the beauty of His church, regardless of anything that we might have experienced. Regardless of the underbelly that Leonard was speaking about yes, uh, last week, that we've seen, God still wants us to have a revelation of the beauty of His church. For some of us, you're not giving yourself fully because you're comparing yourself. And comparing your gifts, you know, you saying, man, what I have is not as much as what Rul- Rulov has. What I have is not much as what S1 has. You know, I-, I can't pray like Vera. I can't worship like Vera. You know, with all of these things, because we don't lock our eyes with Jesus, we look at people. You know, we, we-, we, get-, we get wrapped up in comparison and nothing will steal your confidence to give of yourself like comparison can. You won't pray because Michael prays better than you. You will not feel like worshiping because Job worships better than you. And God is calling us to remove our eyes from other people and saying, would you focus simply on what I have given you in your hands in order for you to form part of the beauty of how I want my church to work properly. The third thing that uh, I felt very strongly while I was praying this week is, for some of us, eh, you you have gotten hurt in the church. For some of us, we have unresolved conflicts, we have unresolved hurt, whether it's in this church or whether it's from a previous church or wherever you might have experienced church, that whether it was leadership or just even members in a church or just something happened to you and, and, and you, 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 you got a cut in a sense. And I just feel like tonight, even God wants to come into those areas by his spirit to come and heal and to come and restore that because it's his heart you know, for you to fully be here and for you to fully give of yourself to these people. And then lastly, for some of us, which is something I can relate to very closely, is for some of us, it's idolatry. You know, some of us, we love ourselves too much. And that's why we can't give of ourselves to the church. Because it's all about our preferences. It's all about how we want this thing to be. It's all about this thing actually needs to, you know, people need to give to me instead of me contributing. Instead of me giving. And I want to say God wants to come and He wants to flip that around. And I remember one of the images that I just got when I was praying is I, I had this image of just different people, the church, just individuals here coming. Um, and and I, I could see this almost like big fire uh, that, was, that was going on. But I, I saw people coming with logs in their hands and coming to lay their logs at this fire. But what excited me about this picture is people didn't bring dead logs, you know. So it wasn't just logs that they were presenting to the fire in order for the fire to burn them up. But people were presenting logs that were already burning. And I feel like that's a picture of what God is inviting us to say. Would you burn, you know, so just wildly for my name and for my church that whenever you come here on a Sunday or on a calm or wherever you find yourself in among my church, would you come with a lock that is already burning? Would you find yourself in the presence of God through prayer, through the word? Would you fill fill yourself up with his spirit so that when we gather like this, that you may bring fully just who God has called you to be and that you will function properly as God would want you to function. I hope that uh, that makes sense. Um, But I really feel strongly that God is calling us tonight and he's saying, would you give of yourselves? Because I send my son, Jesus, to give to you. You wouldn't have access to the Father if it wasn't for Jesus saying, I'm gonna leave heaven behind. I'm gonna leave my comfort behind I mean, when you look at the at the at the Trinity, you can see just how close the fellowship it is, and Jesus would leave that behind in order to come and to present His love, to lay it down so that we might come to a knowledge of Him and be reconciled to the Father. So, if that is what He did, then what is He calling us to? So, as I lend this, um, I want to tell a story. Um, and this is a fictional story, but please continue to listen to it. So there was a, a very wise man within a village somewhere in Africa. And this wise man, the only thing that he had was a pot, a big pot. And then he thought to himself, I would love to have a stew. I would like to cook a stew. And in his mind, he had a vision of what this stew would look like, the different ingredients and the different flavors that would be in this stew. But the one problem is he didn't have any ingredients And he came to a point of saying, you know what, I I know what I'm going to do. I'll take my pot, I'll make a fire, I'll pour some water in it, and what I'll do is I'll simply just go to to my village, and what I'll do is I'll just let the pot just burn there with hot water. And then this is what happened. The first person came and said, hey, what are you busy doing here? And then the old wise man said, I am busy making a stew. Do you want to contribute something to it? And this person said, yes, I have a, a, a packet of carrots. You know, then the, the old man said, go get your packet of carrots. And then these carrots were thrown in the pot. And while they were just chilling there, another person came in and said, hey, what are you guys busy doing here? And then the old wise man said, we are busy making a stew and it's the most delicious, delicious stew. And then, and then the old man asked, do you have anything to contribute to the stew? And then the person said, you know what, I don't have much, but I only have a bag of potatoes. And the old man said, just bring the bag of potatoes, oh. pour it in there. And another person came and another person and they all had different ingredients. And at the end of the day, the stew was made and it it even exceeded the expectation of what this old man had in his mind. Because different people came and said, you know what, we will give something that other people don't have in order for us you know, to have this stew. And I feel like that's an analogy for all of us to say that for God to do what He wants to do in Stellenbosch, for God to be able to do what He wants to do through Josian. Guys, there is this, this feeling that God is advancing us as a, as a movement. I don't know if you, if you are feeling the rumbling at the gathering or all of that, Andrew moving overseas. All of those things wouldn't happen if God wasn't busy doing something in us. And we need leaders, we need people that are saying, you know what, whatever this would cost me, and when I say this this I know this challenges me first. It's not something that I'm just hoying at you. It's something really that challenges me to say, are you at a place where you will leave anything behind in order for you to be used by God to advance His kingdom in the way that He wants to advance His kingdom? And every single one of our hearts should be yes. And I feel like tonight, if your heart is not at that place yet, then God wants to come by His Spirit. And He wants to come and just just touch whatever place that may be hindering you from giving of yourself fully. So as I just lend this, um, Leonard and I will do this together. But can I just ask that we'll just close our eyes. So I would like to just have a moment where we can just pray and maybe just even minister and just see whatever God would want to do in this moment. But I specifically felt two things or to pray for two different people. The first people that I would like to just pray for is, I feel like there are people who are seated here right now who are very gifted that God has put something in you, but because of the hurt and the abuse that you've experienced wherever, and that your skill, or your gift, or you as a person, you were actually abused. You know, you, you were misused in a sense. And I just feel like there's, there's some of us who can relate with that. And I feel like there's just there's parts of, of our hearts that God would want to come and touch and just heal tonight. So with every eyes that is closed tonight, can I maybe just have an indication? If you're here in this space and you say, I can relate to this thing i can relate to this word that maybe in my previous church or even here in george without anyone knowing that i felt like i was abused and i just feel like god wants to come in my heart tonight and wants to come and heal can i just maybe have an indication if you can just wherever you are i promise you no one is going to put you on the spot there are a few hands no one is going to put you on the spot or anything like that thank you for those hands i'm just going to stall a little just just keep on just keep on holding your hands I know it's an awkward thing to do, but we really want to trust tonight that God would come by his spirit and that he would heal whatever part of you that needs healing tonight. So I'll just pray for 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 these groups of people. If there's anyone else, just just slip your hand up.
1: Oh, just just as, as he was um, speaking, I, I just felt the scripture in, in Revelation 4. Um, and this is really a picture of the throne room of God. And it describes these elders in God's presence at his throne. And, and it says in verse 10, Revelation 4, verse 10, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne, and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and we're created. And you know, crowns, obviously, it's royalty, it's identity, it's who you are. And I really just feel like there are people here that actually just needs to you need to bring your identity, who you are, your, your royalty, what you feel God has for you. You actually need to to bring that before god as well and you need to actually lay that down as well because the bible says unless a mustard falls to the ground and die it, w- it won't grow and and the way in god's kingdom the way he raises us up is when we lay things down and you will never walk in what god has for you if you don't lay your crowns down and it's hard and it's difficult and you probably have to do it over and over and over again but i really just feel this This evening is there's a grace. God is saying bring what you have, bring your crowns, the 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 sense that that you feel that I have for you, your your sense of destiny, bring that down and lay that down. And if it's of God, He will raise it up.
2: Mm. So let's uh, let's take a moment to respond to these things. I wanna actually ask you, let's let's all stand wherever you are, just stand to your feet. Um, and I'm going to just, I, I'd love us if we can actually pray for these people. I know Godfrey mentioned specifically um, people who, who feel like you've been abused or you don't want to give because you've been hurt in the past. I'd love to pray for you, actually, that God would come and He would bring healing. If you've seen the bad side, that He would give you a vision for what is His, uh, his purpose for the church, actually. But before we do that, um, I'd like to just extend one more call so Godfrey mentioned a couple of things that can get, can stop you from giving your everything to God's kingdom and His church. And I want to say probably the main thing is probably if you've never given your life to Jesus, actually. Because the moment you give your life, the moment you give everything to Jesus, it's a weird thing that happens. The things that He loves, you automatically start loving. And He loves His church. And, like, we can't muster up a love for the church. What we need to do is say, Lord, firstly, I want to come to a place of loving you. And that when we love him, we start loving his things, his people. It's a weird thing. You shouldn't start with loving the people around you firstly. You should start with loving him and saying, Lord, I want to be in right relationship with you. And he starts changing you and giving you a love for his people and his church, actually. So won't you close your eyes just for a moment before we pray for the other people? I want to make a, uh, just extend that to anyone who is not in right relationship with Jesus. Because otherwise, this message is going to be so difficult for you. You're going to try and give yourself to the church and try and serve and try and disciple people or teach them about the Bible. But actually, the starting point is saying, are you right with me? Are you right with Jesus? Is that okay? Because if that's okay, then everything flows from it. And you're going to make the biggest mistake in your life if you try, start trying to do good things for God thinking that that is going to make you right with Jesus. That is not the way. You firstly say, Lord, I want to be in right relationship with you, and then good things start flowing from you towards the church and towards his kingdom. So with every eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity. If you are here tonight and you want to say, Lord Jesus, firstly, I want to make right with you. I want to give my life to you. I don't know you. I've never given my life to you. I know about you, but I don't know you intimately. He died for you for tonight. Bible says today is the day of salvation if you hear his voice do not harden your heart so don't harden your heart if you if you feeling tugging on your heart if you feel him speaking to you and you know that this is you that I'm speaking to you please can I ask you do not harden your heart today do not harden your heart he wants to reach out to you so if that's you or you've completely backslidden you've fallen away and you just need to come back to him tonight Love to pray for you firstly. So, all the eyes are closed. If that's you, can I ask you to be bold and raise your hand? No one's looking. Just to raise your hand where you are if you want to make right with Jesus. One or two of the leaders can just pray there. One or two of the guy leaders here in front as well. Just keep your hand up until someone comes to you. Just put your hand up nice and high so that someone can see it. Is there anyone else? Thank you for the people who responded. This is beautiful. Thank you. Okay, so then I want to ask you just as people are praying for those people, if you're standing here and you responded to Godfrey's message, can I ask you to raise your hand for prayer? Just say, hey, that's me. That's me. I, I need to, like, God needs to come and do a work in my heart here with this message just raise your hand. And if you see someone's hand being raised, can can I ask you, let's just make groups around these people. Let's pray for them. If you need prayer in this area with this message, just raise your hand so someone can come and pray with you. And then I actually want to ask if if you're not praying for someone, that you just pray for the person next to you or two or three people. Just pray for each other. Just pray that God would give us a love for the things that He loves, actually. (laughs) That he would show us where he wants to use us even. But let's take a moment while they're playing. Let's take a moment. I'm going to give us two, three minutes. And let's pray. Let's pray for those people. All pray together. Let's pray.